This is TLDR Podcast, where we talk sports, MLB, NHLs, NBAs, pop culture, and nobody understands Westworld, and more. Top 10 alcoholic beverages. With your hosts, Alex. Yeah, boy. Eric. Yo. James. The San Francisco 49ers, best team in the league. Traded. Right. Oh, sit down, bud. And Tyler. Oh, damn where we do the research and trash-talking for you. What kind of cockamamie bullshit is Adam Silver thinking? <laughs> they're playing super hot right now, and they're... It's they're not finishing. Good. It's the middle of the season. Oh, I understand that, but I'm saying that they're, they're moving towards that. Welcome to TLDR Podcast, presented by Anchor. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 58 of TLDR Podcast. Um, let's just start off by saying, uh, like maybe a few weeks ago, I hyped up how bad the Seahawks would be, but I was also kind of like hyping up Carson Wentz. Um, Matthew Rivera, if you're listening, I'm sorry, man. Um, it's not going to be good for the Colts this year. Carson Wentz. Uh, I think he broke his foot and he's going to be out the next six to eight weeks. So I said he was going to revamp his career. Um, and yeah, so anytime I talk about a quarterback, apparently shit goes wrong. Um, but in other words, uh, Tyler, how are you doing? I hope things aren't going wrong for you. I see you just got a new otter or dog or whatever that was you were holding up earlier. It was a dog. Yes. Uh, we just got, we uh, picked him up yesterday. Uh, so he's he's been great. He, we love him so far. Uh, he's a welcome addition to our family. So uh, definitely enjoying the little the, the pup life. Took him out on his first outing today. Did great. So uh, well, I, I bet he loves you too. Um, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> we just give him a shelter and food and you know all that stuff. So I, oh, so you're saying he's ungrateful or something or what? <laughs> I mean, I've, we've had uh, it for less than 24 hours, but <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Alex, the baseball trade deadline was actually pretty exciting. It was pretty crazy. Um, as you mentioned earlier, LA things are going well for specific LA teams, but how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm finishing up my weekend, but always fun to kind of end it with the pod, but, uh, yeah, the tri- MLB trade deadline was nuts. I thought it was going to be a lot of rumors and not a whole bunch going down. And then it seems like everyone got traded, uh, which will be fun you know, for us to talk about in a little bit. Other than that, I'm great. Somehow I've got like 12 bug bites, though, and I have no <laughs> idea where they came from. And that's been pretty annoying. But other than that, I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, don't let Tyler's dog around you. That thing looks like a little bug anyways. Um, wow, just use rude. bug spray instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it wow. still has to grow, Tyler. You said yeah. it still has to grow. Yeah, so, it's only three months old, man. It's, it's like a caterpillar. It's going to grow into a butterfly. Yeah. 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 Um, James, how are you doing? Are you flapping your wings around like a butterfly? Hi, Eric. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Dude, your intro, I have never heard you with that pitch before in my life. Like, usually it's just, yo. Yeah. This time, high pitch and everything, that shit, that shit had me dying. I love that. <laughs> but flapping my wings like a butterfly. Uh, I don't know about that, <laughs> but it, it's, it's a good day. It's always a good day, you know, your life. 
Yeah. I mean, I was trying to transition you and, and uh, it was heat of the moment. I lost my train of thought. I was just thinking about <laughs> butterflies. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like when I was talking to you last week, I was saying I got to change the monotone voice a little bit. Um, so that's that was the attempt. Uh, it happens more throughout the podcast. So you don't get bored of hearing my voice. Um, but speaking of, of rel- relevancy, we're going to get right into it um, with Tyler. The, the trade deadline of baseball was bananas, you could say. Um, but let's hear more about it. Yeah, it was a crazy. Lots of big names getting traded to different teams. MVP, Cy Youngs, All-Stars, World Series champions. Just a lot, a lot of crazy trades that went down. Uh, a lot of teams got a lot better. A lot of teams are now in full rebuild mode. Um, so we're going to get into a few of these real quick. Uh, we're going to kind of go around the horn and talk about everyone's uh, favorite trade that they saw the deadline. Um, so James, we'll start with you. Uh, the San Francisco Giants made their big splash by trading for Cubs uh, third baseman Chris Bryant. Um, former MVP, all-star this year. Uh, great, great addition to that Giants lineup. Uh, what would you grade this trade for the Giants um, and how do you, what do you think Chris Bryant brings to this uh, San Francisco team? I give this trade an A, not an A plus or A minus, but an, a solid, solid A. Cause honestly, they didn't give up too much for this. They gave up a couple of pitchers, like, well, or like uh, minor league guys for Chris Bryant, who is very accomplished, four time All Star, World Series champ, NL MVP. And it's just, it's crazy to see how the Cubs just pretty much blew everything up. They traded away like all their veterans who then went on to hit on to hit home runs in their in the first game with their new team. That's a crazy, crazy thing that, that happened. Wild. Uh, but I think it's just signaling that the Giants are going for it. They're, they came into the season, not a lot of expectations. Nobody but trading thought they were going to do well this year. And then boom, all of a sudden, they're the best team. Second best team in the MLB. First or second team in the MLB right now. And that, that's good. saying a lot. They're, they're doing fantastic. They're rolling. Um, this is the first time they're going to have a true third baseman at their base ever since the Evan Longoria went out. I mean, for the last couple of weeks, they've had a shortstop and a second baseman play third. And so that's instantly an upgrade right then and there. And he, defensively, he's so versatile. He can play anywhere. He plays like all around the infield. He plays center field. He's everywhere. Everything but a pitcher. Maybe he can pitch. Who knows? We'll see the way the way that works out. Uh, but the fact of the matter is Chris Bryant to the Giants – Giants played it huge. They didn't give up too much. And now Chris Bryant says he might want to sign their long-term. It's a good thing for the Giants. Yeah, definitely very weird to see Chris Bryant in a Giants uniform where we've seen him with the Cubs his whole career so far. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a big trade for the, for the, for the Giants. Um, I was expecting them maybe to go a little bit more on the, on the pitching side, even though their pitching has been very good. Um, but I think past their kind of top two guys, uh, Di Scalfani and Gaussman, I don't know if they have a ton, so I was kind of surprised they didn't go for another uh, starting pitcher, but I do think that Bryant adds a lot of depth to that lineup, which is already, you know, tops in the MLB. So um, it's it'll be really good for, for Chris Bryant, and we'll, we'll, we'll see if he uh, stays there long term. That, that's to that's too be de- de- determined. But, yeah, so Chris Bryant, uh, one of very many Cubs that left. Um, other Cubs that went, uh, Anthony Rizzo went to the Yankees. Um Javier Baez to the Mets and uh, Craig Kimbrell to the White Sox. So, you know, pretty much all of their main guys all go into different teams, pl- pl- playing on different on different teams. It's very, very strange to see every single one of them, except for me, uh, Kimbrell, because he's uh, bounced around a, a little bit. But 
Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant, all those guys in different uniforms is very strange. And as James mentioned earlier, all of them hit home runs in their first uh, game with their new team. So pretty crazy. Um, moving on to a uh, trade that Eric wanted to talk about. Uh, Barrios was traded from the Twins to the Blue Jays, adding some uh, starting pitching depth to that Blue Jays team who's fighting for a wild card spot in that very competitive American League East division, a very competitive American League wild card race. Um, so this is this Blue Jays team as we kind of went in the season was kind of a fringe uh, playoff team. Eric, what do you grade this? And do you think this is enough for the Blue Jays to make the make the postseason? I grade it uh, a B plus. So like very close to 90%. But, um, you know, I'm mad at the Angels for not going after a guy like this. Even though the Angels are farther back and their hopes seem to be less, um, you know, I was hoping they would go for a, a good pitcher that could that could jump into the lineup and help them immediately. But for the Blue Jays, they're closer. They are four games back from a wild card spot right now. Um, this guy is going to be a great spark for him, for them. 3.48 ERA, 26% strikeout rate over 20 starts in 121 games. Um, and now this guy just – he enters the rotation with Ryu and Robbie Ray. they got those three pitchers now um, that can all dominate for the Blue Jays. Um, and then you look, you know, at his first start, he beat the Royals. He had six shutout innings and seven strikeouts, so an immediate impact for them. I think uh, – that he's going to spark them to getting into that wild card spot. So for them, this is a great pickup um, and just something that they kind of needed, as you could see. So, yeah, it was definitely one of those trades where, you know, that's what a team needed and they went out and got it, you know, was uh, Barrios the best starting pitcher on the trade market? No, but he is definitely, you know, a, a very good starting pitcher. He, he makes that blue J blue Jays team better. Um, like I said, that, that American League wildcard is wide open. Um, I think that they got better more than some other teams in that wildcard race. So I think for me, it's a, it's, it's a really good uh, trade for, for, the, for the Blue Jays. And they're starting to play a, a, a lot better baseball. They've been kind of inconsistent all season. But hopefully this kind of, you know, uh, helps with the starting pitching side of things. So keep an eye on the Blue Jays down the stretch. That, that could get real interesting. Um, so moving on to uh, the final trade here, the big one the mega blockbuster, the Dodgers did it again. They seem to always pull off some big trade at, at, at the deadline this year, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner from the nationals traded to the Dodgers. I mean, wow, this was a crazy, you know, kind of uh, sweepstakes to get Max Scherzer. He was probably the biggest name on the, on, on the trade block. It was rumored pretty much between the, the three NL West teams that, that are in it right now, the Padres giants and Dodgers were all kind of going in. At, for a minute there, it seemed like he was headed to, to San Diego, but uh, Max Scherzer had a little bit of leverage and he was able to kind of pick and choose where he wanted to get traded. Um, ultimately, he kind of wanted to go to the, the Dodgers more. I don't know how Andrew Friedman also pulled off getting Trey Turner, you know, um, I, but that's crazy to me that we also got that guy. Um, so two huge, huge players coming to the Dodgers. Um, they've gotten a lot better. Um, they obviously needed a, 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 another starter with uh, Trevor Bauer. Uh, having his whole situation. And then, you know, Dustin May getting injured, Clayton Kershaw's injured at the moment. So they, they, they need to start pitching and they got the best guy. So Alex, your grade for this. Um, and then do you feel like Scherzer and Trey Turner are enough for the Dodgers to be able to surpass the Giants in the National League West? I mean, it's an A for both. A plus, literally for both the Nationals and the Dodgers. Um, I mean, on the National side, 
it was time to blow it up there, you know, after their world series run, it just faltered. They still have one of the top five players in baseball, Juan Soto, and he's still like 22 years old. So they can build around him. Um, but Scherzer is on an expiring contract. Trey Turner's got a year after this one. Um, so it was just, it was time to blow it up there in, in DC. And for the Dodgers, you're right. They, I mean, they were going to get a starting pitcher. I mean, they pretty much for the last month have had like bullpen games every four, every fourth or fifth day uh, with Kershaw's injury and May's injury and Bauer, who at this point, if they're allowed to just release him, just fuck that dude. Like, I don't want him on that team. Um, but, they, I mean, you're getting a three-time Cy Young Award winner who he is, you know, 36 years old, but not really showing signs of slowing down. And Trey Turner, who is one of the most underrated shortstops in baseball with, a, I mean, obviously shortstop right now is one of the deepest positions. Um, but this also gives the Dodgers a lot of depth uh, if Corey Seager decides to leave in free agency after this season's over. They have Trey Turner for all the following next year as well. So um, it's it's a great trade for both both uh, both franchises. Um, and I mean, it should. I mean, think about like Kershaw should be coming back pretty shortly. Your top four is Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias. There is no pitching staff in baseball that can even begin to rival that. That is insane. Plus the, I mean, and now the like I was, we were texting about it separately and real realistically right now with the, if their whole lineup is healthy, you're sitting former MVP Cody Bellinger. Like that's who's your bench guy because AJ Pollock and Chris Taylor and Mookie, you can't sit any of them. You're not sitting Corey Seager or Justin Turner or Trey Turner or Max Muncie. That's all a position. Cody's hit like could be riding the pine when he won an MVP two years ago. Um, this, I mean, I don't know how the Dodgers keep doing this. Obviously, they have a shit ton of money, which helps, but they also um, they draft well and they develop. They develop better than any franchise right now. I mean, they can give up all these players and they're still a top you know they always have a top foreign system and you know they're obviously one of the best teams in baseball so Andrew Freeman I don't know how you did it man but you did it again but and for the Nationals you know Hebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray kind of the two head guys will be really good players for you for the next five years so um, good luck with the rebuild but those guys will be legit yeah, I'm super excited to watch both of those guys play. It'll be interesting to see how they use Trey Turner defensively and Corey Seager. They're both shortstops. My guess is that Corey Seager is going to play shortstop because I don't think I've seen him play a different position his, his whole career. Trey Turner is a little bit more versatile, so probably more second base for him. Um, but the Dodgers in general are a very versatile team. They can rotate around everybody. Um, if you're wondering why Trey Turner hasn't showed up in the dugout yet, that's because he's in COVID-19 protocol. Uh, so he will be joining the Dodgers as soon as that is cleared. Uh, Max Scherzer, however, is is uh, is there in L.A. and um, already talking talking shop with Kershaw and 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 uh, Bueller. Um, I'm ex- I'm excited for his first start. It'll be exciting, man. This, this NL West race. What against the Astros? Max Scherzer's yeah. first start as a Dodger against the Astros in Los Angeles. The first time Astros players have been to L.A. with fans. What a timing. Um, hey, question for you guys with fast though. Yeah. So what are your expectations now that this trade has gone through? 
The Dodgers are for the were for Scherzer and Turner. Dodgers as a whole. I mean, I they got to win the division. You know, what I mean, I think you you make those moves because they want to avoid that wild card spot. Um, I think that's what they want. They've won eight straight division titles, and I don't think they have any sort of thoughts of that streak stopping this uh, season. They obviously knew what the Giants are doing. You know, it wasn't expected expected of them to to to, to be this good, but they just keep winning. Especially the last two series, they took three or four um, from 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 the Dodgers. So it was time to get better. Um, and as, and if they can get healthy, you know, down the stretch with those, if, if those guys can stay healthy, that's the biggest thing for the Dodgers is they've been kind of injured all year, but if they stay healthy. I think the expectation is for the Dodgers to eventually become National League West champions. What about you, Alex? Yeah, you, you, you go after this for that reason. Um, you know, and, you know, everyone wants to avoid that, that wild card game. And unless one of these teams, really really falls apart the three of them are going to make the playoffs so one of these you know giants padres dodgers one of them is going to win the west and the other two are going to play in the wild card game um you you want to avoid that i mean if you're the opposing team do you want to see you darvish in that game do you want to see i guess if you're the dodgers you go with bueller but you could go scherzer or kershaw if you wanted and if you're you don't really want to see gossman or d um, you want to avoid that. And that's, that's definitely what they're going for. Um, and they needed another pitcher and they, and they got another good one in Danny Duffy too, who could do kind of a swing role. Um, the Dodgers, I mean, they just killed it on this trade deadline, but they're, you know, they're, they're three back definitely within striking distance. They're going for it. They want to win the division. Whoever wins this division is also probably going to have home field advantage throughout the national league playoffs. Um, Cause they're all, you know, pretty much have the best records in baseball right now. So you want to win that, you want to win this division. And, and then, you know, whoever ends up winning the wild card is going to go to whoever wins this division anyway, because they're, whoever's going to win is going to have the best record. So it'll all be a bunch of National League West teams playing each other. And then the other series will just be, some, you know, the Brewers and whatever mediocre ass team comes out of the East. So uh, it's, it's really all about this National League West right now. So yeah, you want to win. Definitely. Uh, it's exciting. It's, I, I love when the trade dead, deadline concludes because then it, you know, pretty much once that's over, you got two months left and it's go time. Two months left. We're, we're down the stretch. You know, um, there's going to be a lot of surprises and, you know, there's going to be some teams that are going to falter. There's some, some teams that's, that are going to rise up. Um, it's, it's, it's about to get real exciting as we kind of round the corner heading into October. Um, really fun. Again, crazy trade deadline. This is one of the, I think, I don't think I've ever seen a trade deadline where th- this many big time names got traded all in all in a, in a couple of days. Um, it was insane. I mean, the, the Cubs blew it up, the Nationals blew it up, and they got a lot of good players and they traded everybody. Um, so it was it, it was wild. Um, so that's all I got for this week for, for for baseball. Thank you guys for chiming in on 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 those trades. And uh, like I said. Keep tuning in because these uh, these races are about to get real, real uh, fun to watch. Yes, Tyler, how the West will be won will be determined in two months. Um, and it's going to get very interesting. We're going to take a break, guys, uh, and we will come right back with Alex. We're going to talk NBA uh, draft picks, what we thought were the best ones, and some other crazy news that you've already found out as well. So stay tuned.
Hi, everybody. We are back. And um, I forgot to mention that one of our very important uh, hockey guys is gone today. Traden is not on the podcast with us. That's probably why you haven't heard his voice up to this point. Um, and we're going to get into Alex's NBA segment, but I thought, I just thought NBA and I thought trading, you know, and, and I forgot to mention that trading is not here. So Alex, take it away. Yeah, definitely. When you think basketball, the first person you think of in the world is trading. Uh, <laughs> he should be back next week though. I'm pretty sure, but, um, we're going to go, so we're going to talk about one huge trade that went down and then, uh, I had the guys all pick a NBA draft selection they either wanted to talk about in a good or a bad way they could choose um and you know and of course as we're doing this free agency is going down and people are signing all over the place probably wait for next until next week for that um so we can kind of let all those dominoes fall and then we can get our reactions on those um but first things first russell westbrook is finally a los angeles laker it feels like there had been rumors about him going to la for years he's from the area uh, I guess he wanted out of Washington, even though uh, that's, you know, Tyler's second favorite team now after a crazy comeback in the second half of last year. Uh, but the trade is the Washington Wizards. So they traded Russell Westbrook and a 2024 second round pick and a 2028 second round pick to L.A. And they're getting back Kyle Kuzma, uh, KCP, Montrez Harrell and the number 22 pick from the draft that happened just a couple of days ago. So. Uh, Tyler, let's start with you as a Lakers fan. Thoughts on this trade? Loved it, man. I mean, like I said, the, the Lakers are all about getting those superstar players, um, and, and that, that's what they did. Now, then again, the Lakers one time had three superstar players, and it didn't turn out so well. I think it was the, that Bryant, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard tandem. It didn't turn out great. Um, this is a completely different tandem. Um, so something like that could potentially happen, but I definitely like the idea of Westbrook being in LA. Um, you know, I, 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 I think it'll be fun to watch. You know, I don't, again, I'm not, I don't know how these guys are going to mesh, how are they going to gel? It's always kind of a risk when you got a, a lot of big uh, personalities there. Um, but I think LeBron's a, a, a good leader. I think AD's kind of, you know, coming into his own as a leader in, in that franchise as well. And then, you know, what Westbrook brings a load of experience and a, and a load of talent. Um, to, to, to that Lakers squad. So um, we, we will see how, uh, see how it goes, but I mean, I, I'm excited to watch him play in LA. He, he, he's a, he's a fun player to watch. Um, I think he's coming to Lakers with the mindset of wanting to win. Um, obviously I think he's kind of been one of those players that maybe, maybe been a little, a little bit selfish, a little bit more kind of um, all about him. So that could definitely be a problem if that's kind of the mindset he has, but I feel like he's going to come in wanting to, uh, wanting to win a championship. So he might make those sacrifices on, on his side. Um, but we'll see what happens, but I'm definitely, uh, excited to, to, to see what he can do. James, you're making, making some faces. Uh, Just, you... yeah. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> Tyler, you said that the Lakers back in the day had a big three of Steve Nash, Kobe and Dwight, right? That wasn't really much of a big three because Steve Nash broke, damn near broke his leg and had nerve damage and missed a ton <laughs> of games that year. So like, well, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it but like, but like, I'm but saying the, in hindsight it was, but like going into it, that was like a big deal having those three. Together. Right. But then you can't make that record a reflection of that if only two of them played. So how do you know it didn't work if only two of them played? Not what I was saying. You said that wasn't, they've had stars before and didn't work out. I said that. Yeah. And that's what this, this could be. I'm saying like that could happen. That could, you know, whether it's an injury, whether it's a, 
just a, not a mesh of, 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 of will gel players. Like one of these three could go down in one way or another, it could happen. So I'm not like banking on the fact that this is that this three is coming in and it's going to win a championship. You know, I think they're definitely one of the top three teams in the NBA now with this trade, but I'm saying like, there's no guarantee it's going to happen. That's what I'm trying to say. Like it did. How many arguments will Westbrook and LeBron have? Like, just like with uh, J.R. Smith and LeBron. How many arguments? You can't, you cannot compare J.R. Smith with Russell Westbrook. No, that's a terrible. I'm saying, I'm saying that LeBron used to just argue with them all the time because they were ball hogs. And so is Westbrook, but Westbrook is 10 times better than J.R. Smith. You're right. You're right. I didn't mean to compare them together. I'm just saying how many arguments will they have? They'll have at least 15 to 20. They will. They may make them better. I think LeBron has matured a lot in that aspect, but I can definitely, I think there'll be some growing pains for sure. Um, I mean, anytime there's three, you know, superstars like that that come together, there's going to be growing pains. Uh, James, were you done on your on your? Oh no, absolutely point? not. No. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about the actual that. trade. Let's talk about the schedule or the uh, the prompt here. <laughs> I don't like this trade one bit, like not even a little bit. Uh, Westbrook is a ball dominant guard who can't shoot, and his production and his triple double levels are on the fact that he was that ball dominant guard that had the green light to shoot at all times. With the Lakers, that's not going to be it. With the Lakers, they needed somebody who was a sharpshooter. Because let's be real. Bronze didn't shoot that well from three, so he's going to drive. He's going to drive and kick. When AD gets the ball in the post, he's going to either kick or go up for a shot or get that mid-range. You need somebody on the outside who can make those three-pointers. And Westbrook does not do that. Westbrook airballs free throws. You expect the dude to make a three on a consistent basis? I don't think so. I mean, this dude's a competitor. Don't get me wrong. He's a damn good competitor, a great athlete, and he'll get you rebounds. But bringing it back to Eric's point, there's going to be arguments based off ball handling. Braun is a point forward. He's a big guy, but he handles the ball a ton of the time. Westbrook, he's he's a point guard who needs the ball. What is he going to do? Run up the court and sit there for the three and then miss the three? He's a driver. That's what he does. It's just there's a lot of conflicts on who's going to have the ball and what the offense is going to be. So Frank Vogel got some work to do to make sure that everybody's in their role and figure out a way to manufacture some shots for Braun. Um, AD and Westbrook, because that's going to be tough. Those are three guys who shoot a ton. And going back to what I said earlier about not being a big three, and then Tyler said, yeah, that's possible because there's, there's injuries. And, dude, AD's been injured for a long time. I got no faith in this guy staying healthy because he hasn't. So it's going to be another tough year. And it's at that point, it'll just be Braun and Westbrook, and let's see what 2.4 is going to do. Okay, and then uh, Eric, as not a Lakers fan, <laughs> what are your thoughts, especially with the Clippers kind of in this weird situation with Kawhi right now? But we'll see how that goes. I think um, for the Lakers, you know, I I know exactly what you're saying. Like it just feels like it was gonna uh, destined to happen that Westbrook was gonna go there one day, whenever it was gonna happen. It finally happened. Um, you know, I think Westbrook's going to help them defensively and, and get rebounds. Yeah, he's he's tough with the shooting aspects. Um, but, you know, they get rid of Kuzma who and Caldwell Pope. Those were two of the guys that, um, as James was pointing out, when LeBron drives, he 
flings it to them. They usually actually make their shots. I mean, they'll make their shots more than Westbrook will, but maybe Westbrook is going to add a component to the offense of, of also driving or working on his mid range. Um, but I think just what it comes down to is Vogel going to be able to control the, the three, the big three for them. Now, is he going to keep it all under, under control or is it going to blow up under him? Um, I think Snoop Dogg would say would blow up under him because I don't think Snoop Dogg's a vocal fan. But I think the biggest challenge is going to be if Vogel can like run the system with them because um, it can work. But I don't know. It's it could go <laughs> obviously one or two ways. It can either go very well or it could uh, could could blow up and disrupt things. But you can't say like Westbrook won't help them, you know. So that's kind of my take. Yeah, I think a lot of it is watching Lakers last year, and now this team's going to be, I mean, completely different. Um, When LeBron and AD were hurt or LeBron and AD were not on the floor, they could not find someone to create scoring. They were one of the worst offensive teams in basketball when LeBron and AD weren't on the floor. And I think Westbrook is that guy that they're going to need to help, you know, push that gap because LeBron's no spring chicken anymore. And James, you're right. AD has never been that healthy. The year he was healthy, they won the championship. If he can stay healthy, they're obviously a championship contender. If he gets hurt again, LeBron, you know, said after his high ankle sprain, he might never be the same again. So I think a a lot of this is getting another scorer, even if it is inefficient as fuck to at least someone that can go get a basket when and if those guys are hurt and or not on the on the floor uh for the wizards and specifically i'm gonna focus on kuzma because i loved that pick when they got him in the draft a couple of years ago he had played four years in college you're like okay he's coming in he's a well-rounded guy he's not this you know 18 19 year old kid one year in college and he started off great, and then he just never really meshed with LeBron, I don't think. Um, I don't know if their skill sets just didn't work out. But it feels like for Kuzma, getting out of L.A., going to, um, you know, less of a focused market might be good for him, and I hope that, I hope he succeeds. So um, I think the Wizards did a great job on this. They got three legitimate NBA starters right now uh, to pair with Bradley Beal, so they sh- this – trade probably makes them a more complete and better team anyway. Uh, so good for, good for Washington. Um, okay. Let's go focus on what we actually kind of came here to talk about. So the NBA draft was last week. Um, and then again, I asked the guys to pick uh, a player um, or a team, what kind of whatever you guys want to do that you, you thought did a great job will fit well or won't fit well if you think someone fucked up. So uh, James, let's start with you. Who, who are you focusing on? I want to focus on Jalen Suggs, the point guard out of Gonzaga, that really, really great team. Um, that team was crazy, by the way. They pretty much had five prospects or five people who were drafted, all starting. That was fantastic. Um, <clears throat> he was drafted number five to the Orlando Magic, but he's projected to go number four to the Raptors, and he was a top three pick. Uh, his stats in college, 14.4 per- points per game, 4.5 assists and five rebounds per game. But to be honest, he's probably way better than his stats show because, like I mentioned, he played with five NBA ready players. So you got to share that talent and responsibility someplace. He's not going to have the ball at all times. Uh, but the main reason why I dislike this pick is because he would have been perfect for the Raptors at number four. And everybody was pretty much talking about him going to the Raptors and talking about the possibilities of how that offense was going to run. And 
at this point, Kyle Lowry hadn't signed yet, but there was speculation of him leaving Toronto. And he did. He ended up signing with the Heat. And so the Raptors would need a point guard. And that's that's a good team to begin with. It's they, they have a good core. You have Siakami, you got OG, you got Van Fleet, you got every you got those three guys, and you pair them with somebody who as NBA is as NBA ready as Jalen Suggs is, and that's gonna help us development. That's gonna help your team. But the Raptors skipped and picked somebody else. So then the magic over here, they got lucky. They got the best player in the draft, <clears throat> or the third best player in the draft at number five. And that doesn't seem like a huge fall. But it is. He's not playing on a team that has two other point guards on it. It doesn't make sense to me. They have Markel Fultz. They signed him to a huge deal. They still have Cole Anthony, who's a sharpshooter. It's like, where would Jalen Suggs come into play there? There's no room for him. Where would he play? Now you're just taking away his minutes from somebody else on that team or you're taking away minutes from him and deterring his development or somebody else's development. That's the problem with that. That's why I don't like this pick. Yeah, I, I definitely understand your – I think Toronto skipping on him was was wild and I think pretty unexpected. And for the Magic, I think they're just like, oh, Jalen Suggs fell to us at five. We're just going to pick best player, not going to worry about position. We'll worry about that later, which is what some teams do. And we'll, it may backfire on them. Uh, who knows? But, I, yeah, I think that was more one of the more wild stories um, that went with the early at least the early picks in that draft because I think everyone kind of pegged Jalen Suggs going to Toronto but uh great job James Eric what who's your uh who's your guy I got um Josh Giddy uh going to OKC it might sound bogus but I'm just I'm looking at OKC now um and you see that they're just stripped of you know every player that they once had that built them up to be successful. Um, they have been in straight development mode these last few seasons. Um, and you, you, they're now building around Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's shown he could be, you know, a, a superstar in this league, um, a true point guard almost. But, you know, I hope the best for OKC. And it's like, I'm hoping that they kind of follow the similar path of the Warriors, you know, drafting a lot of their guys and kind of developing that winning winning culture. So that being said, they drafted Josh Giddy. Um, you know, they get him at the sixth pick. He's an Australian player, um, and he's played over in the Australian pro leagues. Um, so he, he's already getting the pro experience coming in. So it's kind of following that trend of the Lamelo balls, the Luka Doncic, the insert Euro League player here trend. Um, so I like that they, they went with that. They want him to come in, get rebounds, uh, be a kind of a true bit, a true big, you know, um, and become, become the guy for Shea Gilgis Alexander to run the pick and roll, um, to play defense, just to, just to be another guy to develop into this team. So, you know, maybe it's, I think it's going to help that he comes in with that, that pro pro league experience. Um, rather than coming from college or kind of what you mentioned earlier, like just playing one one or two years in college, you see a big difference from these guys. So I just think of it as like the organizational standpoint. I kind of like what they're doing and they're going to build some guys they can develop around here. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good point, Eric, about the coming out of, you know, other professional leagues, because I feel like when we were younger, like as a collective podcast group, the international guys were really hit and miss. 
Like I would say more, more miss than hit unless you're Dirk Nowitzki. Now I think the European leagues and other professional leagues have gotten so much better that the competition has really toughened these guys up. I mean, you mentioned, you know, two of the more recent guys who have come into the league pretty much on fire, Doncic and Ball, who played in those, you know, European leagues. So I, I still have personally some hesitancy with um, international guys just because I've seen so many kind of um, fall. But this could be a great pick. The Thunder have like a million more first-round picks for the next like decade. So just they'll be good. <laughs> if, even if they hit on half of them, they'll still be good. So we just got to wait just a little bit longer. Uh, but thank you, Eric. Yeah. And then, Tyler, who is your team player? Who, who you got? Uh, I'm going uh, Trey Murphy, uh, the 17th pick, the New Orleans Pelicans out of uh, Virginia. Um, I like this pick a lot. I think the uh, the Pelicans, obviously, with Zion Williamson, since Zion Williamson has been a Pelican, it's all it's been kind of he's kind of the next great superstar, you know, but the Pelicans themselves as a team haven't really performed up to, I think, a lot of people's expectations thus far. Um, I think that this is a great pick to meld around Zion. I think they need a guy that can shoot. And I think that Trey Murphy is a great shooter. Um, I think he'll complement Zion very, very well. He shot 43% from three point last season um, with, with Virginia. Um, he's six foot nine, uh, tall, very a- athletic uh, shooting guard. So I like this uh, Trey Murphy pick a lot. Um, I think he's, he's going to fit perfectly in that Pelican system that's built all around Zion. Yeah, I mean, they did. Uh, the Pelicans did just lose the greatest shooter in NBA history, Lonzo Ball, today. <laughs> I'm just joking. That guy can't shoot for shit. Uh, but I do like that because, um, you know, as dominant as Zion is, he's never going to be a great shooter. That's just not part of his game. So, unlike the Lakers, like, you know, they did not surround. They got Russell Westbrook, who's also not a great shooter. But the Pelicans are doing something to help a weakness on their team. So I really like that pick. Um, for my personal one, I'm going to go with both picks for the Golden State Warriors. Um, they got Jonathan Kuminga at pick number seven and then Moses Moody at pick 14. Kuminga looked like a top five pick, um, and he was one of those guys that elected to skip college and went straight to the G League, uh, which is kind of a more recent new rule that you can do in the NBA. Um because you can start making at least – well, now it's all changed. But at that point, you could start making money. Uh, but now the NCAA is like, fuck it, just do whatever now. Uh, and then originally it kind of looked like Moody would go to the Warriors at that seventh spot because Kaminga wouldn't be there. But both of these guys, they got a big who's got uh, definitely two-way potential in Kaminga, and then Moody, who's another elite defender, great perimeter shooter, like that guy Clay Thompson, who, you know, Hopefully is finally healthy this year. Uh, I think the Warriors killed it in this draft, um, and they'll probably be a title contender again next year because now they got two young guns to help uh, with that. You know their star trio there in in Golden State. So uh, that's all I got for today. Thank you guys for doing it. Uh, you know, only took one one week off of basketball. We're already back on it. So <laughs> we'll probably do it again. Probably do it again next. Week. No off yeah. season. There, we keep saying, what are we going to talk about? And then like all this news and shit keeps popping up. So it's great. Um, But yeah, I mean, fucking Warriors, come on. You should have taken Ben Simmons, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. But when we return, we will get to our last segment. Another spectacular football analysis coming your way. The NFC North with James when we return.
With health concerns on the rise, it's as important as ever to keep your people safe. Dimer isn't another BS COVID company. They've been developing their tech to kill germs and save lives since 2014. Dimer's original UBC products have won them partnerships with some of the best technology companies in the country and earned them a spot on Time Magazine's Best Inventions of 2020. Dimer started out disinfecting airplanes. Now they're in hospitals, athletic facilities, hotels, classrooms, basically anywhere people might have been sick. When it comes to keeping your players, employees, guests, and customers in your facility safe, trust Dimer. For TLDR listeners, they are offering free disinfection as a service in select areas. So that means they will come disinfect your facility for free. You can take them up on this offer by visiting dimeruv.com and at dimeruv on social media. Use code TLDR for your first disinfection as a service appointment for free. That's dimer like diner with an M as in Mike Trout. Ever heard of them? Kill more germs, prevent more infections, save more lives. D-I-M-E-R-U-V dot com. Hi, everybody, and we are back with our last segment of the night, the NFC North with James. Let's hear about it, James. Dude, you got to do that every single time. That's hilarious. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Okay. (laughs) NFC North, we're going to start with the Detroit Lions today. Last year, horrendous. 5-11, 15th in offense, 32nd in defense, which is dead last. It's been a really tough couple of years to the Lions ever since Megatron retired and Stafford's been there kind of doing his thing, but still, it's been rough. They have a new coaching staff this year headed by Dan Campbell, who says some pretty questionable things during press conferences. That's weird. Let's see how that turns out. Um, there's been a lot of changes this offseason, so pretty much the face of the franchise that you're used to seeing are no longer there. This offseason, they lost Matt Stafford, traded him to the Rams. Uh, wide receivers Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. are gone, running back Kerryon Johnson and safety Deron Hammond. But they did get Jared Goff and Michael Brockers from the Rams. Wide receiver Tyrell Williams from the Raiders. Not from the Raiders. Uh, he didn't play last year, so that's a thing. Uh, running back <laughs> Jamal Williams from Green Bay and Quentin Dunbar from Seattle. In the draft, they drafted the best, I think in my opinion, the best tackle in P- Pine Siwo from Oregon and uh, defensive tackle Levi Onwuzukuri from Washington. Both really hard names to pronounce. So, Alex, <laughs> why are the why, why are the Lions going to do better this year? Uh, they're not. It's been it's been a tough it's been a tough couple of decades just for the city of Detroit in general, uh, and for their sports teams also. Lions are terrible. Tigers are terrible. The Red Wings are terrible. Everything's terrible. The Pistons are terrible. They just have the number one overall pick. It's a rough time in Detroit, guys. Really sorry, Michigan, but hopefully it gets better. Uh, they might have a somewhat decent offensive line uh, or at least one, one portion of it. So that's pretty good. Uh, Jared Goff has been to a pro bowl twice before he probably won't do it again, but you never know. Uh, Deandre Swift is fun. At least he'll be fun to watch. He's probably going to be the focal point of their offense. So that'll be fun. Um, You got a new head coach. That could be fun. He's crazy. That's always, you know, headlines. That, that's it. They're not. They're going to be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they're not going to be good. Uh, this is the start again of another rebuild, I guess. 
uh, which already feels like they've been doing it for like a decade. So uh, Detroit Lions fans, hopefully you don't go 0 and 17. That's, you know, you'll probably can squeak out a win or two there. All right. Well, fun fact, Alex was supposed to be pro the Lions and tell us how good they were supposed to be, but they're that I bad. I did my best. So, so they're, they're so bad that he's, he's not saying they're going to do well. And I pretty much agree with him because I have to. And because logic says so. And pretty much Stafford is better than Goff. They have the worst defense. They did pretty much nothing. Dan Campbell is talking about biting people's kneecaps off. So, I mean, that's going to be weird. Uh, but other than that, DeAndre Swift is that offense. So I think they're going to go 2-15 and 15 next season. Alex, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give them 3-14. and 14. I feel like I'm just going to give them three, three whole wins. All right, that's good. Eric? Yeah. Uh, four and whatever the number is to make it 17, because Goff, um, he'll get four wins, you know. <laughs> four and 12. I don't think so. Or four and 13. There you go. <laughs> Eric knows how to do math. And Tyler? I'm going two and 15. Um, yeah, going to be bottom three in the league. They're going to be horrible. <laughs> Let's move on to fantasy, Alex. There's not much else to talk about here. Yeah. Uh, Quarterback Jared Goff from the Rams, he finished as QB 19 last season in fantasy despite playing all but one game. And his ADP is, is so undrafted that Drew Brees, who is retired, is being drafted ahead of him. So people don't respect Jared Goff. But wow. with the terrible defense and Goff having to throw more, was he going to finish as a top 20 QB? Or will the lack of weapons be his downfall? Uh, probably not going to finish as a top 20 QB. Uh, I would go like 20 four maybe uh he's pretty much undraftable i mean at this point um unless just a bunch of qb injuries happen and you need someone on a bye week and they're playing the jets or something (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to really pick your spot and your team's gonna have to be really hurt uh unfortunately if you're gonna want to pick up jared goff for any reason Moving on to running back, we got DeAndre Swift, who is now the main guy because Carrion Johnson is gone. He finishes running back 17 after splitting most of the year with him and Adrian Peterson. Uh, right now he's being drafted at 33, which is the number 15 running back off the board. He's drafted in pretty much the same spot as Miles Sanders. So who would you rather have? I had both of them on my team last year. Uh, Miles Sanders was hurt and DeAndre Swift wasn't, and now he's the featured back on a team that is he's their best weapon. So I think I'd actually go with DeAndre Swift at this point. Um, but I wouldn't, I, right where he's getting drafted feels, feels pretty fair. Okay. And typically I talk about wide receivers here, but there's no good wide receivers to talk about. So we'll talk about tight end TJ Hawkinson. He finished as tight end number five last season. I and mean, right now he's going at 61, which is number six tight end off, off the board. He finished with 723 yards and six touchdowns last year. What's your projection with this new offense? Uh, probably like 550 and maybe five TDs. Oh, so Again, regression. A little bit of regression, uh, mostly because Jared Goff is not as good as a quarterback as Matt Stafford, but he will be the, uh, he'll be the, the best catch, you know, catch player on their team. So I could be very wrong on that. Um, I just and Jared Goff did to his credit, he did really connect with tight ends in LA uh, quite a bit. So maybe that's someone that he can he can kind of rely on. So I could be wrong, but I just think this team's so bad that I'm just I'm just so down on everybody. But 
he'll he'll probably still end up as a top 10 tight end. Okay, I like it. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings. Last season, they finished 7-9, and 7th in offense and 27th in defense. It was a very disappointing year for the Vikings last season. They had huge expectations coming into the year, but they couldn't deliver, and it wasn't even close. Contrary to popular belief, Eric, Kirk Cousins was actually really, really good, and the offense was way better than decent. But the defense was hit hard with salary cap problems and injuries. Eric, I say you, because last season you talked so much at Kirk Cousins. You said Pip and Mitch Trubisky would be the same. That was a terrible take. This offseason, they lost safety Anthony Harris, linebacker Eric Wilson, and defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. But they did sign a bunch of cornerbacks because that defense was so bad. And Brasad Breland, Patrick Peterson, Mackenzie Alexander, and also another secondary piece in safety Xavier Woods. In the draft, they went and drafted Christian Dersaw with a 23rd pick from Virginia Tech and a QB in the second round, Kellen Mon from Texas A&M. So, Tyler, why are the Vikings going to do better this year? I think they will. Obviously, you mentioned that poor defense last year. Um, I don't think – I think they got better on defense. I don't think they're going to go from 27th to, you know, top 10, but I think that they are better defense this year than, than they were last year. Along with additions you mentioned, they're also going to get getting a Hunter and Michael Michael Pierce back who, who both missed uh, the, the 2020 season. So those are big defensive players for them that will also be back. Um, so I think they're gaining I, – I think they gained a lot more than they lost on the, on the defensive side of, of the football. So I think they'll be better there. And as you mentioned, you know, Kirk cousins, you know, he's a, he's kind of a, he's a little bit um, underrated when it, when it comes to, you know, the, the top quarterbacks in, in the league, he's not the most flashy quarterback, but he, but he gets the job done. His stats have improved every year. He's been in, in, in uh, Minnesota. Um, and he's, he, he's just a very solid, reliable guy back there. Um, also in the draft, you know, going with uh, Darison in, in, in the first round, their offensive line wasn't that great last year. Uh, hopefully this adds a little bit. I, like I said, I think minimal improvement, not great improvement, but certainly improvement there on the offensive line. Um, so like I said, and then on their, their weapons on offense, Dalvin Cook, uh, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson are as good as any weapons that, that you're going to get in, in the NFL. I don't think this team will have any, any problem scoring. Hopefully that defense gets better. Their strength of schedule is about medium. So if they take care of the teams that they're supposed to beat, and they can play about 500 football against the teams that are projected projected to be better than them. Um, I think this team has a good has, has a great shot of of, of a Nabine wild card spot. Um, so I I think I think the Vikings are definitely going to turn around a little bit, and they're going to be much better in in 2021. Eric, why is Tyler wrong? Because look, Kirk Cousins, he has the most like. He's like the opposite of clutch. He has the most like costly turnovers at the worst points of games. He was a turnover played QB last year. Um, yeah, he did better than Trubisky, but he had <laughs> turnovers at like the worst times. They had a horrible start. Um, I don't, I'm not really that bought into their defense. They're predicted 18th ranked currently. Better than 27. Yeah, a little bit better, but you know, is that enough to hold off the Packers that we now know Aaron Rodgers is returning? Is that enough to hold off maybe even the Bears? Who knows? They always get in battles with the Bears, no matter what, who's on what team. Um, but let's just get to the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> at the Bengals, game one. At Cardinals, Seahawks, Browns, Lions, Panthers, Cowboys, at Ravens, at Chargers. They're going to go two and seven in that span. They're going to lose game one to the Bengals. We're going to see Joe Burrow just come out 
show us what he's made of. They're going to lose to the Cardinals. Cardinals are just a better team. The Seahawks, they'll beat them, as I mentioned in the past. Um, I think the Lions may get their first win against them um, in that run as well. Um, and they're not going to beat any other team. So they're going to start two and seven, and it's just going to be like last season, and it's going to be too late. Wow. What is the record going to be? <laughs> they're going to be six and 11. Oh, my God. Okay. Tyler, what do you think? I'm going to go 10 and seven. So they're going to be, like I said, I think they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot. I don't think they'll win the division, but they're definitely going to be a winning team and they're going to be much better than they were, than, than, than they were last year. Uh, I'm going to go in between you guys. I'm going to go with eight and nine. Uh, I think this offense, again, will be a top seven offense. Kirk Cousins is good. And that connection between him and Justin Jefferson, Adam Thien is, good, is going to continue to grow and get better. And if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, which has been tough for him in recent years, he's going to be the focal point of the offense. He's going to put up monster numbers again. The defense, though, is still suspect, so Eric, I agree with you there. Patrick Peterson, man, he used to be a shutdown corner, but age has gone to him. A lot of times undefeated. I have no idea if he can be put on an island anymore, which means you got to put safety help over the top, which would then hurt your defense more than anything. So if Patrick Peterson can get 75% within 75% of what he was his pro warrior, which is about three or four years ago, then that defense is remarkably better, but it's not looking likely. There was often times when he was with the Cardinals last season where he was benched in key times because they did not trust him. So this is all going to be on Patrick Peterson and his ability to be a good cornerback. Alex, what do you think? Uh, I think their offense should be pretty good. Um, you know, top 10, definitely. Uh, kind of like Tyler said, if they can beat, beat the teams they're supposed to beat, if they can play well against those other teams, I'm going to go nine and eight, then they just missed the playoffs. Brutal. All right, let's talk fantasy here, Tyler. This team is actually looking at the big guys, huge fantasy players overall. Quarterback, Kirk Cousins, he finishes QB 11. I didn't get that. Could you try? But he is going as undrafted. <laughs> so why do you think he's going undrafted? Um, I just don't know if he's the best fantasy quarterback there is. I don't, you know, he that, that, that Vikings offense definitely goes to the run. Um, I think, like I said, he's a very good quarterback in the Vikings system. Um, but they're so run heavy. So fantasy wise, and you know, he's not, a, he's not a mobile quarterback at all. So he's not going to get much on, on the ground. So that's why he's probably not drafted as high as some other quarterbacks can score more points in different ways. So he is a great quarterback, but he's not the best fantasy quarterback. So I would not, I would say he's a solid backup option for you to have on your team, but I, I don't know if I would start him in, in uh, most leagues. Last season, he had 35 touchdown passes over under this upcoming season. Uh, probably under, I think 35 was quite a lot. Um, like I said, I, I still think he'll be very good, but uh, that, 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 that was a career, a career year for him. Um, so I'm going to go under. Moving on to Dalvin Cook, the running back. He finishes running back number two, and his ADP is two. And that's the second running back off the board. Can you make a case for him going as number one? Sure. Why not? I mean, like I said, I think the, the, the only thing holding Dalvin Cook back is staying healthy. You know, otherwise, this guy is potentially one of the best fantasy guys in the league. Um, I think there's, you know, if, if, if you're confident that, that he can stay healthy and like I said, there, that offense is, is, is going to rely heavily on, on him. So he could easily put up a crap load of points and be number one. So if you had the number one overall pick, would you pick him or Christian McCaffrey? I mean, Christian McCaffrey, you know, he got injured a lot last year too. Um, Dalvin Cook was a lot more healthier. So going off recency, you know, I, I might go Dalvin Cook there. 
um, just because I think, you know, even though he is hurt, usually is manages not miss a ton of time versus McCaffrey's injuries were season enders. Um, so I think based off that, I'd probably go Cook. Okay. Moving on to wide receiver group, which is an elite group right here. You have Justin Jefferson in his rookie year last year. Wide receiver number six, his ADP is 24, which is the number seven pick off, off the board. Uh, and then wide receiver Adam Thielen, who finishes wide receiver number 10. His ADP is 46, which is the number 17 wide receiver off the board. So would you rather have Justin Jefferson in the third or Adam Thielen in the fifth? Uh, definitely Jefferson. I think this guy, you know, he exploded out, out, out of the gates in his, his rookie season. I think he's going to get a vast majority of, of, of the catches from um, – from 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 cousins uh Thielen, although he's he's a great number too man he, he's he's definitely a, a great option you can't really go wrong there but i think if i'm being forced to pick between the two i think Jeff, jefferson is definitely going to put up more points got it i like that tyler thank you very much moving on to the chicago bears eric's favorite team <laughs> they're eight and eight last season 20th in offense fifth in defense honestly i was surprised the bears did as well as they did last season i had a ton of reservations about that offense run by mitch trubisky but somehow did okay after benching him and putting him back in. It was weird. Allen Robinson and David Montgomery were the head and the shoulders and pretty much ran this offense to a T. Without them, this offense would have been nothing. The defense, on the other hand, was absolutely incredible once again. Cleo Mack is too damn good. This offseason, they lost Eric's favorite quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, who is now a Bill. And Kyle Long retired, but then came back and is now a chief. He's a guard. Uh, they signed Andy Dalton, wide receiver Demir Bird, and cornerback Desmond Trufant. In the draft, they made a huge splash by picking Justin Fields out of Ohio State at 11. And in the second round, they drafted Tevin Jenkins, a tackle out of Oklahoma State. So, Eric, why are the Bears going to have a better year than 8-8? Eight eight? Well, as you said, they were among one of the worst offenses um, in the NFL the past few seasons. Probably relating to Trubisky, he won't be there anymore. Um, I was wrong about him. But opposite of what Traden would say, I would say it can only get better from here. Um, but they add Andy Dalton, you know, he he can give you a little bit of of hope, I guess. Better than the cow when he was on the Cowboys, who had no protection for him whatsoever. Um, they add Marquise Goodwin as well um, to add to your list. But Montgomery, Mooney, Robinson, there's going to be some weapons uh, for Dalton. Um, it's going to be, you know, if Dalton and things go downhill right away, they could throw fields in there, um, start getting the, the experience. But the offense is going to be dictated by the QB play. Defense is going to be fine. Um, as you said, ranked fifth. And I don't see anything going wrong for them. The defense is what's going to keep them in games. If the offense can kind of match up with it or do better than last year, they're going to win a few more games and probably have a chance to squeeze into a playoff spot. Let's look at the schedule at Rams, Bengals at Browns, Lions at Ra at Raiders, Packers and Bucks. It's going to be a tough start for them. I think they go four and three in that start. Um, they're not going to beat the Rams week one. If they did, I would be extremely mad, but they're not going to do that. Um, they'll beat the Bengals. They could beat the Browns. They'll beat the Lions. They'll beat the Raiders. Not going to beat the Packers. Maybe they upset the Bucks. Maybe Tom Brady's caught, uh, you know, lazy that week. But the tough start, they'll go. They'll go four and three. They'll pick things up from there, and they will finish off ten and seven. Okay, Alex. 
why are they going to do worse? I just – I don't – I think their defense is going to step back. I do not think that they're going to be a top five defense. Um, I don't even think they're going to be in the top ten uh, defensively. And that defense carried them. Um, as, as much as we love to shit on Mitch Trubisky, he did come back, like you mentioned, James, and had a great ending to the year and squeaked them into the playoffs. You're not going to have that opportunity unless Justin Fields goes off because I am predicting that he will take over the starting job by week seven. That's my prediction. Just came up with it uh, off the top of my head. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, that was, that's just a guess. Uh, No research into that, but I mean, Andy Dalton's obviously not the future. Justin Fields is the future. Um, You know, I talk about this a lot, but it's really hard for rookie quarterbacks to come in and lead, uh, lead a team to the playoffs. Um, especially in the NFC where there are a lot of really good teams. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have a lot of trouble getting in. If that defense takes a step back, like I think they might, um, that offense is going to have to run much better. And I'm just not sure if an Andy Dalton slash Justin Field tandem can do that right now at this point in their respective careers. Um, so I think they're going to falter a little bit. I'm going to go six and 11. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to say a little bit worse than that. I'm going to go five and 12. Like I said, I think they lucked their way into wins last season. The offense was the problem and it honestly did not get better at all. That much better. Justin Fields is the future of the team to your point, Alex, and he will struggle when he takes the reins from this team because this team is in so much disarray and distraught. It doesn't know what to do with itself. Matt Nagy is supposedly an offensive guru, offensive mastermind, but yet each and every year his offense sucks. And each and every year, the defense is what carries this team. Uh, speaking defensively, I think they'll, they will do worse, not because of the group, but because they have a new defensive coordinator. Chuck Pagano retired, so it's going to be up to this new defensive coordinator who hasn't been a defensive coordinator before to step up and make sure these guys are in the right place at the right time and to have a certain scheme that fits them. And I just don't have that much trust in that. When you don't have a good offense to rely on, it's going to be on the defense, and I think he's going to succumb to the pressure. Therefore, 5-12. and 12. Tyler, what do you think? I'm going I'm to go six and 11. So pretty similar to, to you, James. Um, like I said, I, I, I think last year was just kind of a, you know, lucky, lucky season. I don't really think they're that as, I don't think they're a playoff team. I just don't. Um, I, like I said, I think the Vikings in this division are, are, are much better. Um, and then obviously the Packers ahead of them. So I, I, I don't see the, the bears com- competing uh, this season. All right. Eric, let's talk fantasy here. You got the QB group, Andy Dalton, who is going undrafted. And Justin Fields, who is going almost undrafted at 159. So if you had to pick one QB that will have more points by the end of the season, would it be Andy Dalton or Justin Fields? Neither. Um, (laughs) So one of them is going to have more points than the other. They're not going to tie it. It's impossible. Yeah, I guess Dalton, maybe because he's going to get more chances. When do you think Justin Fields takes over? Um, Game nine or ten. Okay, so not seven. Yeah. Uh, when do you think Justin Fields takes over? I'll go week ten. I'll give. I, I think the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, week ten. I, yeah. So we got three week tens and a week seven. Let's see who wins. There you go. <laughs> Moving on to running back, you got David Montgomery. He finishes running back number four, but his ADP is running is at forty, which is number eight running back eighteen off the board, which is weird after finishing as number four. But the thing is, Tariq Cohen is healthy again, and they also added Damian Williams, who was with the Chiefs when they won the Super Bowl two years ago. Uh, Eric, will be a, will he be a top ten running back this season? 
um, now that you say that, no, maybe just because they're going to use them like in a three headed monster style, um, with those other two guys. So maybe he doesn't have as many chances to score, uh, more points. So maybe just out of the top 10. I like that. And last but not least, the biggest offensive weapon that this Bears team has, and that's wide receiver, receiver Allen Robinson. He finished as wide receiver number nine last season. Uh, this season, he's, in it, he's going at 36, and he's wide receiver number 11 off the board. He's going 0.3 spots ahead of Mike Evans on average. So who would you rather have and why? Well, I had Evans last year, and uh, I did pretty good. So, And I had Robinson the year before that, and he did really bad for me. So it's me and my old grudge, and I'm going to go with Evans. And that's my reasoning. Okay. It makes Stuff. sense, right? Yeah, totally. Moving on to the Packers. They finished 13-3 and three last season. First on offense, eighth on defense. Uh, this season, or last season, it was kind of a situation where the record doesn't reflect what's going, really going on in Green Bay. The relationship between Aaron Rodgers, the Hall of Famer, the face of the franchise, has been fractured with the front office and the coaching staff for a long time now. On the outside, you see like this amazing team with three superstars, but that's because Rodgers is that good at overshadowing doubts. This is going to be Rodgers' last season in Green Bay. He's on contract for two more years after the fact, but he has control and say of whether he goes or stays next season. Um, so that being what it is, Rodgers is going all out. And the fact of the matter is it's, it's tough to win a Super Bowl when there's a fracture in the relationships. So we'll see how far they can go. This offseason, they lost center Corey Lindsley, guard Lane Taylor, and halfback Jamal Williams. But they did sign linebacker Devon J. Campbell, and they acquired Rodgers' old running mate, Randall Cobb from the Texans. In the draft, they drafted a cornerback, Eric Stokes from Georgia, with the first in the first round, and center Josh Myers from Ohio State in the second. Okay, so here's why I think the uh, Packers are going to have a good year this year. I think they're going to go 12-5. and five. And I think this is mainly predicated on this is kind of Aaron Rodgers' version of the last dance. He's going to go all have a career year because that's what he's going to do in set himself up for his next team. Devontae Adams is out there to prove that he should be the highest wide, highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. And the other wide receivers really have to step up big time because there's nobody else other than him and Randall Cobb. So we'll see what happens there. Aaron Jones is a bona fide superstar, went healthy. Robert Tonyan had a breakout year last year and it showed. And he's a big body in the red zone, which Aaron Rodgers loves. The O-line though did get a little bit worse. They now have to rely on a rookie center. Defensively, they have a top secondary led by Jair Alexander, who is a lockdown corner. And the D-line is top 10, but the linebacker group is very suspect. And I don't think any of the two starting linebackers are in the grading out to be like the top third. They're, they're tough. They're bad. Um, and this is going to be Aaron Rodgers' team this year. He's going to decide what happens when because he has all the control. He's going to make things happen. He won't win a Super Bowl, but he's going to be pretty damn close. I'm saying 12-5. and five. Tyler, why are the Packers going to have a bad year? Yeah, you mentioned the Aaron Rodgers drama. I think that's going to affect them in one way or another. I don't think they're going to make it seem like it will, but a lot of that's a lot happened that offseason. And I think, you know, whether it be through through teammates, whether it be through Rodgers himself, you know, you know, th those things have an effect. Um, and I, I think that will kind of bring them down to earth a little bit this season. They had a great offensive year last year. I think that's going to come back a little bit. Um, so I don't think they're going to be as good or a, a, as dominant as they were last season. Um, they also, you know, but, you know, let's be honest, like this Packers team is very, very good. And I think they, 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 they are going to win a lot of football games. Um, but one of the things that they're not very good at that I thought was interesting is their special teams. They're actually one of the worst special teams, 
uh, units in the NFL. They finished 29th in yards per punt, uh, 29th in yards per punt return, 31st in yards per kick return, 27th in yards per kick return allowed, and 32nd in yards per, per punt return allowed. That's pretty abysmal uh, when it comes to special teams. Now, granted, it's a very small facet of the game, but I think if you're trying to win Super Bowls, as James mentioned, you got to be good at every facet, and that's you know that 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 can make or break them. Um, like I said, I don't think this Packers team is going to suck by any means, but that's just something to look at. You know that I don't think they really address that much this offseason. Obviously, the whole franchise, everything runs through Aaron Rodgers, and the fact that that's broken is a problem. So I I, I think that's going to be something in, uh, that that that's going to be a little bit of a detriment to this Packers team. That being said, they are super talented, um, and they're and and they're going to a, a lot of football games, but. Um, like I said, I don't think it's going to be as dominant of a season as it was last year. I had no idea about that special teams. That's crazy. Real fast, just a little question for you guys, though. You said that special teams was kind of a small facet of the game. I'd say not. It's a third of the game. Um, and just a question for you. If, you. if you were guaranteed the number one overall pick in the draft, but you had to pick a punter who kicked it to the one-yard line of the opposing side every single time, would you pick him? I mean, we, every we single time? Already. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think yeah. we agreed kind of yes, just because that's such a dominant. You know, when you, you you don't think of it as being dominant, but that's such a huge advantage if you have that if you have the, the opposing team on the one. Like how how often does a team from the one actually score? Like very very rarely, you know. Yeah. So have to go with that. So yes, I so would. Special teams is a big deal. Yeah, Eric, how are the Packers going to do? They're going to be eleven and six. Um, maybe some of that drama will affect them. Like Tyler's saying, like last year, they had a very, very good season with not too many flaws. So, you know, it's going to catch up to them a little bit, but they're still going to be good. And Alex. I'm going to go 13 and four. Uh, I just think this team is elite right now. And I kind of agree with you, James, like Aaron Rodgers is going to let it fly. This is his last year in Green Bay. Green Bay. He might as well go big. Uh, I think they'll, I think they'll ball out. All right, let's talk fantasy here. So this is going to be a little different this time around. I'm going to ask all the guys the same question and see what their responses are. First things first, the future Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers. He finished his QB number two last season. His ADP is at 59 right now, which is QB number six off the board. Uh, so it's, a, it's crazy that somebody with this backstory and all this drama that's going on and last year's success is coming off as QB six. How high would you draft him, Eric? Pretty high. He'd probably be the quarterback I'll try to get. <laughs> so what round would you take him in? Mm, fourth or fifth, maybe. Okay, Alex. Pretty high. What, James? Remind me, what round did you say he was like going in right now? He's going in the or sixth right now. Sixth round. Yeah, I agree with Eric. Maybe fourth or fifth. Um, I still think he can definitely finish in the top five. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he was another top top three finish, uh, fantasy wise this year again. And Tyler. Yeah, I kind of agree with what with what everyone's saying. I think he's a super reliable quarterback, uh, fantasy wise. Um, I, I would kind of agree with what the uh, pr the projections are saying. Probably you know five or six, right around there. Okay, I like that. Moving on to running back Aaron Jones, who finished as running back number five. His ADP is fourteen, which is running back number nine off the board currently. Uh, Jamal Williams is in Detroit, so he should have more of a workload this season, but we'll see. So right now, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, and Austin Eckler are all pretty much going within a pick or so with each other. So, Tyler, who would you rather have and why? That's a tough one. Um, maybe Nick Chubb, 
I like I said I I I, I kind of like the way that that this guy is improving, and I feel like every year he just he just adds another level. Um, and and I and I, and I like the way that that Browns uh, team is built. So I think I'm gonna go uh, Nick Chubb. Alex, I'm gonna go Jones. Um, he was on my team last year. He did a great job. Um, as good as Tyler, as good as that Browns team is gonna be, I don't think their offense. Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers. You know, like you take Aaron Rodgers every single time. Um, I think Aaron Jones, same thing. Featured back, um, should have a ton of workload. So I'm going to go Jones, but I I do like Nick Chubb. I wouldn't, you know, it would not surprise me if those two guys went, what did you say he was going 14? If they went like 13, 14 and flipped they up. They're all going one pick. Yeah. Crazy. And Eric. I'm going to go Eckler, actually. Um, okay. I like the system the Chargers have got going with Justin Herbert. Um, I think they're going to be a lot better this year. Um, and I think Eckler, he's been doing well for them the last few years. Um, I think with an improved Justin Herbert and a better offense around him, he's going to do better. I'm going to go Eckler. Okay. Moving on to wide receiver Devontae Adams. He finishes wide receiver number one last season, despite missing two games in 2020. So that's a huge accomplishment. Uh, right now he's going – as pick number eight, which is the first wide receiver off the board. So uh, he's going as number one off the board as a wide receiver, and Tyreek Hill is going as number two. Alex, who would you rather have and why? I'm going to go Devontae Adams. We talked about it during our build a super team uh, segment, and Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in football right now. Um, I, I'd i pick him. I mean, unfortunately for me last time, last year, I had pick eight, and – that's what I did with what I thought was Michael Thomas until he decided to get hurt all year. Uh, so if I run with pick eight again, I'm taking Adam, um, especially with all those other big uh, running backs off the board by that point. Um, but I can see Adams getting picked as high as six. Oh, I like that. Tyler. I agree with Alex. I think Adam said he just got to go. He, I, I agree. I, I think he just slightly edges Hill. Um, also, you know, it, but I mean, that's a, that's a coin flip, but I'm going to go Adams there. And Eric. Got to go, Adams. Agree with all points. Aaron Rodgers, tee it high, let it fly all season. Um, Adams is going to go off with him. I love that. Last but not least, we got tight end Robert Tanyan, who exploded onto the scene last season. He finished the tight end number four. His ADP, though, is 102, which is tight end number nine off the board. Last season, he had 586 yards and 11 touchdowns. So will he improve or regress this season? Eric. It's hard to get that many touchdowns, but then again, he's got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm going to say he goes 10 touchdowns instead of 11 this year. So it's very, very minimally decreases. Alex. Uh, I'm going to say more yards, but less, less touchdowns. I agree with Eric. That's a lot. 11 is a lot. That's going to be tough to repeat. So uh, I don't know, maybe like 650, 700 yards and eight or nine, eight or nine TDs. That's still, top five tight end production probably yeah. oh definitely it is 100 percent. and tyler i'll go more fuck it he'll get he'll he'll get 12, <laughs> 12. 12 touchdowns yeah okay what about yards Liam? more or less uh more i i i think they'll uh you i think they'll utilize him more um i think he like you said he he he's a great weapon and we and we saw it last season you know obviously that packers team is full, full of them but um i don't know i just i just got a good feeling on him like that and that pretty much includes my segment thank you guys for listening thank you guys so um what i'm reiterating here is that james said aaron Rodgers is going to get really close to super bowl 
but not win it. And Tyler is saying because of special teams. So we will see you guys. Um, but uh, shorter episode today. We're missing our big hockey guy trading. Um, as always, we want to thank everybody. You know, everyone's keeping up with us. We're almost 60 weeks and 60 episodes into this. So keep enjoying the ride. Keep giving us feedback. Uh, we're going to keep bringing you the best content we can. Goodbye, everybody. And thank you for listening tonight.